Good morning, and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's Friday, January 6th, and you know what that means. It's a very, very special day today. Um, once upon a time in Spain, I don't know if they still do it or not, the day of the 6th was uh, known as Dia de los Reyes, or Day of the Kings, and celebrated as when the wise men arrived to visit the baby Jesus. Um, gifts were given and such. A special holiday. In fact, uh, it was explained to me by uh, one of my companions over there that, that that was the day, traditionally, that gifts were given uh, was on the 6th of January. Fast forward to today, and now we have all sorts of different meaning for January 6th. Uh, January 6th, of course, now is uh, the worst thing to happen to the United States since the Civil War, Pearl Harbor, 9-11 combined. Even though the only shots fired were fired by the police on unarmed protesters. Uh, funny how when those unarmed protesters were not unarmed, such as during the George Ferguson riots, that was that was completely unacceptable. But now you have a white veteran uh, female that's conservative, and guess what? We're not going to even investigate as to what happened on that day. The only person, of course, that died during the January 6th protests, which were out of hand, don't get me wrong, was Ashley Babbitt, who was a protester who was in a completely non-threatening profile when she was fired on and killed. Stretching that out, of course, is is the game that the uh, Democrats have been playing. By the way, it's a Snake River lib, lib. Thank you so much for listening today. Um, that's all they have to hang their hat on, and they actually did fairly successful with it. They they uh, I mentioned the other day about Trump and his uh, complaining about the judge that or the justice that he put on the Supreme Court as a last last gasp helped overturn Roe versus Wade, and how he was complaining that that's why the Republicans lost the midterms. There's no question that abortion had an impact, but I would I would say more that it's more a question of the poor messaging on behalf of Republicans rather than uh, the oh look I just I just became a Democrat didn't I it's poor messaging was the issue in this case I think it is actually an accurate statement. You know, Democrats try to dress up something that is impossible to work, and when and when uh, the people don't like it, they say it's a question of poor messaging. The truth of the matter is, regarding and I hate that phrase, and I can't believe I just said it. Uh, regarding abortion, is that the Democrats were able to successfully create this mirage that overturning Roe versus Wade was the same as banning abortion. It had nothing to do with it. 
it simply allowed states their constitutional role to determine the outcome of abortion law. And what happened? Most of the states, well, you have the extreme liberal states, the progressive states, where you know you can abort a baby up to and including the moment of birth. True statement. On the other hand, you have some states that actually went so far as to ban abortion. In many of those states, those bans have been mysteriously uh, held up by courts. And so what is far more reasonable, what I wish that the court had done in Dobbs, is simply said that, that um, and I'm probably finding myself agreeing with Judge Ra Justice Roberts, and I can't believe that, that, that the 15-week ban for elective abortions that was the Mississippi law was upheld. But in reality, they essentially did uphold Roe when they did that. However, they overturned Roe. Why? Because it was bad law. Uh, um, it was a terrible, terrible case law. None, none less than uh, Justice Stevens had said previously that it was bad law, even though I think he may have been involved in that. Uh, Justice Ginsburg, the very progressive former ACLU lawyer had stated that Roe was bad law. And Democrats for 50 years had hung their hat, nearly 50 years had hung their hat on the fact that the courts have the final say. And when the courts change their mind, which they do, I mean, as evidence in Brown versus Board over Plessy versus Ferguson, um, that's going to happen time, time after time. But we have this bad messaging on the Republicans' part. The Republicans underwhelmed in the midterms. And here we are. We have, uh, after yesterday, and I apologize for not getting around to the podcast yesterday, but today we have, uh, we're looking at... Um, Republicans, uh, actually the House of Representatives, still not constituted. The 118th Congress is going to go down in history as the last, as the latest Congress in over a century and a half that's taken this long to come up with a speaker because right now every member of Congress that has been elected is a member elect because they've not been sworn in. And they haven't been sworn in yet because there's no speaker. Um, personally, I'm of the opinion that, that once once the uh, once the uh, the conservatives that are holding out of they've been given more than what they should be. I to me, I think that there, there's one simple rule that there should be is that is that. When you were elected to Congress, and for every year that you were in Congress, your tax returns are a matter of public record. Just like they were able to do to Donald Trump during his time in the White House. Which, by the way, they found as nothing burgers. Uh, in fact, they pointed out, so what a terrible businessman. He lost money. Um, 
but the taxes were all completely squared away. In fact, that's why nobody's talking about them anymore. But wouldn't it be interesting to find out how members of Congress who who come in as perhaps moderately wealthy uh, are leaving Congress in the 1% and even smaller group than that? Wouldn't it be interesting to see those tax returns on how that happens and why that happens? My guess is if you were to make that a rule, if the Republicans were to make that rule, most Democrats would probably resign from the House before that rule became went into effect. And, and, most Republicans would probably do the same. Nobody likes sunlight on dirty dealings. In fact, what's what's going on right now, I was of the mind that they should just go with McCarthy and such, but uh, as I'm sitting here pondering what's going on, all I can see is, you know what, this is how it's supposed to be. The fact that the Democrats have joined in lockstep behind the premier election denier in the House, Hakeem Jeffries, says all you need to know about the process in Washington. I'll be right back. Good morning and welcome back to the Lib. It's uh, going to be a wonderful day today, I suspect, outside here in Kansas anyway. Hope things are going well where you are. Thank you so much again for listening. Um, did you like the little bomb that I dropped out right before the uh, right before the break regarding Hakeem Jeffries? Hakeem Jeffries is on record over 160 times stating that uh, Donald Trump did not legitimately win the 2016 election. Just thought I'd throw that out there um, on this day as we as we celebrate Day of the Kings and watch uh, the histrionics. No doubt they're going to be coming out regarding the January sixth event of twenty twenty one. Just as a reminder of that, you know, when it comes to election denying, Republicans don't have the market on it. And by the way, January sixth. Uh, protesters that are in jail, some of them have been in jail now for nearly two years awaiting trial. I want you to think about that for just a moment. These people who are not going to be charged with anything more than perhaps some misdemeanor vandalism charges or trespassing charges have been in prison well, they've been in jail, I guess, not necessarily prison, for well over a year. While the current administration, many of the political people in the current administration, including the vice president, did fundraisers for people who actually did damage to this country after the George Ferguson or the George uh, Floyd riots. 
over $2 billion worth of damage caused, and that's probably a gross underestimate. Lives lost. Again, the only life lost on January 6th directly attributed to the protest was a protester, an unarmed protester shot by a Capitol policeman who faced no investigation and no charges, which, by the way, even though in Washington, D.C., unless a death is ruled a suicide, any death a violent cause is considered a homicide, but not Ashley Babbitt's. As far as the speaker situation goes, you know, Republicans are not in lockstep. That's not the worst thing, but they need to be very careful and they need to really be taking the temperature of those, of the few squishes that are left in Washington. Because the last thing that you want is for those people to go over and vote for Jeffries just to get this over with. I agree with Matt Gates that it was presumptuous of Kevin McCarthy to move into the Speaker's office. Obviously, we're seeing that play out now that it was extremely presumptuous of him to do that. The question is, what is he going to do now? The question is, what is... Uh, let's assume, and this is a not a given, obviously, that it, we're in, what, day four now of the speaker sweepstakes. Obviously not a given, but what are we going to do now? What are, what, what are they going to do? So they let's presume that Kevin McCarthy ultimately does get elected speaker. What kind of authority is he going to have? Um, see, Democrats love the command and control that Nancy Pelosi used. By the way, today's uh, Creo Brew is caramel. It's very good. The Republicans are demonstrating, obviously, that they do not have the command and control mindset, that you have a group of independent thinkers. Now, that doesn't mean that there might not be some people in the Democratic caucus, although in the House, unlike the Senate, where you, in the Senate you have Democrats that are senators of states, if they're not conservative, they're certainly not progressive. But in the House, Democrats in the House are, have mostly eliminated their moderate caucus. Uh, very progressive. How will a Speaker McCarthy, or whomever it should be for that matter, how will they be able to govern, or will they be able to govern, I mean, they've put all these rules in place, but we've seen with the omnibus that just passed, the rules can be waived by, by a vote. 
you know, because, you know, part of the spending is, you know, there's a rule in Congress that you, that if you increase spending here, you have to decrease spending there or you have to raise additional revenue. And they've, you know, they waive that rule as part of their omnibus spending bills. And so we will wait and see what happens. How will he be able to govern? What kind of investigations are going to be held on whom? You know, the left, now that the Hunter, Bi Hunter laptop, Hunter Biden laptop has been verified, the left are pivoting to try to make it all about sex and drugs. You know, they saw that that worked with Bill Clinton, that they were able to successfully uh, frame a perjured president and an impeachment over a perjury as simply about sex. Will they be able to do that here? Especially considering the fact that we know that Joe Biden, they really have him dead to rights. Not Hunter, but President Biden. Dead to rights on him using his office as vice president to advance Hunter's business associations, thus enriching the Biden family. This is where the DC thing comes in because in reality it is a bipartisan affair that members of Congress go and get rich and like I said I think that one simple rule regarding tax returns would end the careers of probably 80% of the members of the House of Representatives. Simply, and it wouldn't end it because they would be forced out. Well, they would be forced out, but it would be voluntary. Because my guess is that most of them would resign rather than have their tax returns public. What do you think about that? Uh, Matt Gates, whom I mentioned previously, the one thing that I did agree with, the presumptuous, presumptuousness of Kevin McCarthy to, to move into the Speaker's office. Uh, Matt Gates yesterday proposed that Donald Trump be this, nominated Donald Trump as Speaker of the House. And while I think that would be freaking hilarious, and it would be, it's also not going to happen. You don't even have a support of... Let's say that Kevin McCarthy withdrew and that there was no rancor between the 90% of Republicans that are going along with Kevin McCarthy and the 10% that are not. Let's say that none of that rancor exists. A clean sheet of paper. Sheet of paper. Donald Trump is nominated. Donald Trump could not even get a majority of the Republican caucus. I guarantee you that even in a, in, in a sterile pre-speaker vote environment, Donald Trump does not get a majority of Republicans. 
Let me correct that. He might get a majority, although I doubt it. But he would not have 218 votes. Because unlike the Democratic caucus, which is lockstep behind the election denier Hakeem Jeffries, the Republican caucus is made up of a very diverse group politically. And while most of them are center-right or farther-right, they are exactly that. There are, there are some members of Congress who have a wide variety of beliefs. You have some members of Congress who believe that Ukraine is a prodigious waste of resources for no purpose whatsoever. I stand with them, by the way. Simply because what's, what's next? Besides depleting our arms, who does this benefit, by the way? China. Then you have people that are, you have anti-war, you have pro-war, you have pro-choice, you have pro-life. You have, uh, yes, there are pro-choice Republicans, blah. You have people that are pro-gay marriage. You have people that, are, uh, that don't care for gay marriage. You people, then you have people you know, that think, why is marriage even a thing under the law? Me. Solves a lot of problems, by the way. You have people that think that we're not taxed, that we're not taxing the rich enough. You have people that think that that the rich are too heavily taxed, which of course they are. You want a diverse caucus? It's the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives and even in the Senate. But unlike the House, Mitch McConnell has an iron fist in the Senate as far as the minority party goes. Although now, with the fact that the Democrats have the 51st vote, on their side. It will be interesting to see how a lot of the battles play out regarding nominations, especially judges, coming up. All eyes will be on those that are up for election in 2024. Debbie Stabenow of Michigan has already announced she's not running. Kristen Sinema, the independent that caucuses with Democrats, and from Arizona, up for election. Joe Manchin, West Virginia, one of the reddest states in the Union, up for re-election. How will those two vote on a slate of very progressive judges? It remains to be seen. Enjoy your day. Make your life matter in the world. You know, my life does matter to me, although I don't think that in the big scheme of things, it's really very relevant. Does your life matter? 
that's something that we should all consider. It's the snake river lid.